This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. Welcome to Lama Suryadas's Awakening Now podcast. We are very pleased to share with you Lama's unique illumination of the awakened awareness teachings. If you are interested in supporting Lama Suryadas's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/suryadas. The traditional Chenrezig meditation of Vajrayana Buddhism, so-called Tibetan Buddhism, meditation on the four faces of Buddha's love, compassion, loving kindness, joy, and equal to all, equanimity, impartiality, upeksha, equal to all, chanting, praying, singing, using all of our body and mind, heart and soul, energy and spirit in the service of the greatest good for the greatest number, cultivating this divine love, this bodhicitta on all its levels, absolute relative and in between, including all in our heart's embrace, in our prayers, in our practice, in our meditation, traditionally known as the Chenrezig meditation or great compassion meditation, the Buddha of love meditation of Vajrayana Diamond Path Buddhism. So we ended going out singing and praying, sharing the positivity, the merits, the good fortune. We began the session chanting little lineage prayers, the seven-line prayer, and so on, from the prayer book, from our tradition. But the main part of the practice is the awareness alone practice, and that's what I want to emphasize, and that's what I'm teaching this week, according to <clears throat> the Dzogchen lineage of the natural great perfection, or Buddha, enlightenment now, tradition, not after many lifetimes of relating directly to our Buddhiness, our Buddha nature, our Tathagata Garbha, the Dharmakaya. What word, synonym can we use to F the ineffable, to express the inexpressible, so-called Buddha within, and not like a needle in a haystack. Oh, where is that damn thing? I lost her. 
suffusing every cell, every pore, every moment, everything, not just Buddhists, not just human beings, not just white people on the upper middle path, look around, but all beings, all beings, as Buddha said, endowed with the luminous Buddha nature, Sugata Garbha, as it is in this ultimate authenticity. Tathagata Garbha, thus it is, or Buddhiness. All beings endowed with the luminous Buddha nature, the uncorruptible divine spirit, if you want to call it in English, the deathless nirvana, nirvana consciousness. Deathless, Buddha said, not impermanent. Beginningless and endless, unborn and undying dharmakaya. So we're practicing here according to this Dzogchen tradition. Obviously, we're having a Buddhist meditation, monastic style, cloistered, silent, vegetarian, ethical, precept-bound, etc. Meditation week retreat. But we're not practicing in detail, going through, and I won't be explaining, and I don't think the assistant teachers will explain very much either, although you ask whatever your questions are, that would be most productive for you, I'm sure. I'm not going to be explaining Buddhism from the ground up, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the three trainings of ethics, meditation, and wisdom, the gradual path of general Buddhism, sutrayana, general Buddhism, sutrayana, Buddhism based on Buddhist scriptures or, or, or sermons, scriptures, sutras. From the ground up, shila, samadhi, and prajna. Not explaining that, which if we broke it out is the Eightfold Path. You can read all about this in many places, including Awakening the Buddha Within, Eight Steps to Enlightenment, my book, eight chapters, eight steps, 30 pages on each, all explained. But we're explaining from the point of view of Dzogchen, the non-dual direct access teaching, the penthouse of the Vajrayana, swooping down from above, direct access, mystical teaching, enlightenment now teaching, non-dual awareness practice of Dzogchen, the innate great perfection, not purifying defilements, kalashas for many lifetimes until enlightenment, after many lifetimes, as we sometimes hear. But swooping down from above, the Mahamudra and Dzogchen approach, with the view, the bigger picture, as it is. As a mystic sang, all is well and all shall be well in this, the best of all possible worlds. The innate great perfection, that was a Christian mystic, by the way, of the Middle Ages, not a Buddhist. It's a universal truth or aspect of truth, the ultimate truth, timeless, untarnished by our delusions, by our obscurations. It's the sun behind the clouds of our observations, the sun that's always there, sun of enlightenment, of pure spirit. What words can we use? Dharmakaya, innate Buddhiness, authenticity, isness. What word can we use? The natural state. If you, if you have the misfortune of trying to read Buddhist texts, you find all these words. It's very confusing. Are they all different or synonymous? Peter? Professor, are they all different? Synonymous or other? Other. <laughs> Very good, 50%. <laughs> Both. 
from the view swooping down from the bigger picture as it is through the meditation of non-meditation, as I mentioned last night. It might look like we're just sitting here like a bump on a log, not doing nothing, but it's really something, ain't it? There's a lot of things we're not doing that we could be doing, and I'm not talking about our ordinary worldly activities, meditation practices we could be doing that we're not doing here. We're not chanting mantras much. I mean, the main practice is not about mantra, visualization, breathing exercises, mudras, gestures, asanas, postures. It's not. It's not about radiating and reabsorbing light. It's not about deconstructing the nature of ego or solidity. It's about seeing through directly in the moment, not being deceived by momentary appearances, selfless, transitory, dreamlike appearances, outer or inner, not being deceived by phenomena or noumena, mind stuff. The view of as it is, sky-like, infinite, luminous, transparent, translucent, transrealescence. There's no word that can accommodate it. Comes the meditation of non-meditation, not counting breath, not counting on mantras or prayers, not trying to produce any special state of mind and hold on to it. That's just temporary states of mind, impermanent, unreliable in the long run. But seeing or perceiving the isness, so-called natural state, or the way it is would be a better translation of Neluk. We see translations like natural state, it's not a state, it's the united state mode of being that's a hot one the mode of being Ooh, i want that but that's closer it's how it is is my translation how it is that's how it is i don't even want to say the way things are things it's how it is check it out so from this view of as it is comes the meditation of non-meditation or unmeditation that i'm teaching here Undoing the habit of overdoing. Undoing the habit of making meditation into just one more ego strategy, self-improvement project, or holding pattern, getting in the desired state of mind and concretizing it, perhaps with crazy glue, super glue, and holding it as long as you can. This meditation is based on principles like relaxation, naturalness, openness, awareness, presence, not concentration, and so on. We'll get to that tomorrow or another day. So from the view comes the meditation of non-meditation, checking it out, seeing it as it is, seeing if there's anything better. Maybe there's something else. Check it out. We don't want to settle. Let's not settle for less than as it is. And third comes the natural action or conduct, proactive Buddha activity, in response to needs and conditions, not reactive karmic activity, not our compulsive conditioning, even do-gooderism, not. So view meditation and action and result is often how Dzogchen and Mahamudra are taught or should be taught. They're not taught this way enough. If you read Dzogchen books, they're very large and full of lots of things, but I don't see enough of these kind of key um, cliff notes, or should I say Jeff notes, like Buddhism 101 on Dzogchen. Mahamudra and Dzogchen, the penthouse or non-dual teachings of Vajrayana, always explained according to view meditation and action. 
and result. The result we don't count as a fourth because the three and one, the view is not a seed. This is the result. This is the fruit vehicle, not the seed vehicle for those thems that study these Buddhisms. So I could go on and on, and I will go on and on this week. But if you have any questions, I'd love to hear them, talk to you more personally about your practice, and um, help midwife you along in your practice. Otherwise, there's a lot more we could say. Dzogchen, the natural great perfection teachings is so rich. There are many books on it. I also have books on it. There's a lot to say. There's a lot of schemes. We're practicing here Tregshud, as I mentioned last night, the main meditation of non-meditation, Dzogchen meditation, literally called cutting through or cutting to pieces, cutting through duality, but really more meaning seeing through. It's not that busy. It's not that violent. It's not that active. It's sharp, but it ain't a blade, and there's nothing to cut. If you're with me, it's the no-sided blade of non-dual awareness, the magic dagger, the poor bhavrikpa, for them to study these things, the non, what did I say? The non-sided blade is the point of, of rikpa, the poor bhavrikpa, the magic dagger of awareness, but there's nothing against, to stand against it, there's nothing else not just cutting through, seeing through. And even more profoundly, that's still too busy, too active, too karmic, too striving and driven. Cutting through, oh, and we gotta cut that, and we gotta cut that, and keep cutting, don't stop. No, it's being through and through. Zangtal in Tibetan, transreal essence, interpenetrativeness, interbeing, it's hard to translate. So, I love these teachings. I seem to have taught it before. I guess I think it's important. There are many other things in the 84,000 Buddha Dharmas we could talk about. I even know some of them. I even remember a couple, amazingly. There are other things outside of Buddhism also relevant to the spiritual life we could talk about, but this is what I'm focusing on this week. This is what I focus on here twice a year at these retreats because it's important in our advanced retreats and other things, we do some few other things. But still, this is the main practice of Dzogchen, Tregchud, cutting through, seeing through, being through. And recognizing, plumbing, relying on, abiding in the mode of being, the natural state, how it is, not getting anywhere. Being there while getting there, every step of the way, that's how I understand it. Being there while getting there, every single step of the way, not waiting. Being fully here while getting there, not waiting. Because if we're not here now, I guarantee you we won't be there then. We reinforce the habit of procrastination and leaning forward to the next thing and not, what do they say, smelling the roses that are arosing right now. Any questions or sharing, please? <laughs> Hi. Hello. Good to see you again. Me too. And again, and again. Um, 
So when we talk about the view, it's like something in me recognizes what you're saying. There's like this mm, fundamental gnosis or something. But... Stop there. Ah! <laughs> now go ahead. I just want to like put a pause. Okay. Something in you, what did you say? Recognizes what I'm saying, what's being said. There's a, f a fundamental gnosis. So one could, you know, point to that as a... Stay with that. But go on. I give you a little rope. Let's see what happens. Because <laughs> I'm so generous. Well, there's... Okay, so from that... But we could stay with that. <laughs> well, there's Introduce two, two, <laughs> and point out to that. But go on. Well, there's two aspects to this. One mm -hmm. is misconception on my part, because I've been doing this for some time, and I'm sort of like... Am I making this all up? I mean, it's just weird. Okay, so then and the other part of that is um, when I experience that gnosis, this little sneaky something comes in and says, is that enough? Is that enough? That's a good question. Is, that, is it? <laughs> That's the right question. That's the second part. See, Dzogchen is not just sitting there and doing nothing or, or just looking at the sky. It's actually a path with steps. It's not the path of the eightfold, eight steps and other steps. It's these steps the, from the view that there's nothing more to do comes the meditation of non-meditation, of getting used to that, in which arises these questions which we have to work out, think about, and also grok and intuit and inquire in other ways too. Is it enough? Is it a good one? That's why I said and look into it till you ascertain it with great certainty. That's what it says in all the pith instruction commentaries. The second part is about not about meditation as we usually understand it. In Dzogchen, this word meditate gum is understood as getting used to it or maturation. Maturation of what? Of the view. Getting used to what? the view that there's nothing more to do. All is well and all shall be well in this best of all possible worlds. It doesn't mean you don't do nothing. That's one more ego idea, do nothing. That's also karmic action. So in Dzogchen, we remember Patro Rinpoche's great pith instruction, beyond action and inaction, the sublime dharma is accomplished. Beyond doing and beyond doing nothing, the sublime dharma is accomplished because it's not either of those, those are just ideas. So yes, is it enough? Is it the real thing? Whatever else you said, am I just making this up? Are questions that can arise in the, the brain pan, in the thinking process, and there might be others. Oh, what about God? Or other things, what do you mean? All is well and all will be well in the great perfection. What about the, the miserable state of the world? And the things that we pray on about poverty and racism and inequality and violence and war and world hunger and the ecological crisis and others, of course. And yet, inner peace is possible at any speed, including the speed of high activism. Look at the 80-year-old Dalai Lama going around the world still to 50 countries a year. He's cut down from 70 in favor of his age. 
inner peace is possible at any speed, at any decibel level? So those are good questions. I hope you're not asking me for answers, but... Well, I kind of was, but... So one at a time, then. Let's play that game. Question? You have a question? Uh, no, I probably asked the questions I had, but it seems like... I guess I got to chew on it. So you don't want me to answer them for you? Oh. Well, since I'm here. Well, yeah, since you're here, you could try. Thank you. <laughs> Give me a chance. So question? A question? The, um, I guess I'm mostly concerned about misconception. Me too. So what's the question? Me too. That's why we pray, affirm, resolve, intend. May we awaken from the sleep of, not sleep, of delusion, confusion, misconception. We're just translating the same word. Just, you know, whatever it is, that. The dreamlike confusion and illusion, the ignorance, the not knowing how things really are or whatever. I guess my recent experience is that it's creating apathy. Yes, apathy could be a problem. So, thus, we talk about, you know, as I mentioned last night, effort and diligence and using our time here and in general the rest of our life, of course. Not just doing nothing, trying to do nothing. And um, apathy, which is like cousin of indifference and complacence and maybe relative of laziness, sloth and torpor and all, is not what we're talking about. Compassion, equanimity, acceptance, detachment is not the same as indifference, complacence, etc. Thus, beyond do, not doing nothing, beyond action and inaction, beyond doing and doing nothing, the the sublime dharma is accomplished. It's something to chew on. What does that mean? Oh, trying to do nothing is not the answer either. Hmm. Just doing something isn't the answer either. Mistaking movement for meaning. Just doing something isn't the answer either. Hmm. Now, of course, these are just thoughts we're talking, so obviously we're in the left side of our brain. We're using thoughts and language. And, but there are other ways also to, you know, get into this intuitively and uh, with different practices. For example, we might experience a feeling of um, um, perspective on these thoughts so that we're in a bigger awareness that's not just the thinking, or even less thoughts, but the awareness that's quiet-minded, so that we're more in the bigger perspective and have a perspective then on what's going on with us and others. That's not just thinking. That's not an easy answer. Like, we are one. That's overly simplistic. What do you mean one? We're like, I don't know, 60 here. I guess 60, we need 60 beds, not one. And 60 hard-boiled eggs, not one, I guess. But whatever, whatever you got this morning. That's what I got was one hard-boiled egg. And other things, admittedly. 
Another question, since you're hot today and we got you, we got a hold of you. Can I answer another one of your questions with my non-simplistic poking answer? You asked if it was enough? Anyway, you asked your questions. What comes to mind? One more. I mean, there are so many practices out there. There's I know. so many things that we're told to do. That's why I'm emphasizing and what I'm teaching here and what I think is important. I'm not telling you this is the only thing to ever do, but that's why I was emphasizing the many things that I'm, we're not talking about and not telling you to do. And if you ask like people do, can we have a medicine Buddha empowerment and you know, a hundred other things, I'm gonna have to say no, because that's not what we're doing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually refreshing. <laughs> well, I hope so. I hope it's not too little. Some of us are a little more complicated. We need to do a little more. Or maybe we're younger. It's the time to learn everything and spend the next 30 years learning Tibetan and Buddhist philosophy and yoga philosophy. And, you know, I don't know what other things about chakras and channels and a lot of things we could learn in the world. But at our age, at the terminal stage here, yeah. I think we got to find out what's like, you know, the essential, vital, transformative in panacean ingredients. What do you think? That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and use them. Not dick around yeah. at this terminal stage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, thank you. Questions. You've been a good sport. You should get a gong for that. Thank you. Hello, Masurya. Hi. Um, my question is, while we're practicing, if we don't have a good idea, or I'm going to say I, I don't know about anybody else, of the lineage mm -hmm. of your teachers and... Um, and I guess maybe that more, do, we, do I need to know that? Do I no. need the historical? No. In order to... Not while you're practicing. Okay. You may, just in terms of your lifelong journey, but you know, while you're practicing, the less you know and the less names and words and dates and times and pictures, and, you know. You've noticed I touch very, very little on that, although we have pictures here of my own teachers. This is not Garrison's altar, that's Garrison's big statue. These are our teachers we bring here, my teachers, let's say our lineage. But uh, I, I said what I'm emphasizing this week, I'm not talking about the three yanas of Buddhism and the lineages and the four or five schools of Tibetan Buddhism, I'm not. Right. Okay. Of course, if you're a devotional type and you know, then lineage inspiration and devotion and transmission is, could be very important to you. But again, maybe you don't have to know everybody who begat everybody, you just have to have your object of devotion as a portal to uh, beyondness. Okay, because I guess when, cause when we are doing uh, chants or mantras and that, that we are calling yes, your, we are. the lineage. Right, so, that's all there. Okay. Thank you. For Dems that wants it. And in other places, people, I mean, in our Sangha, people do Nundro and Guru Yoga and Vajrasattva practice and other th practices, yes, of course. And lineage prayers and chants, and we have some here. You know, I didn't even open this book yet, but maybe, you know, tomorrow we'll say a few four-liners, lineage chants or other things. We're trying to keep it simple on the main practice. It's so hard to get down to this and stay with this ever in our society. Look at our society. It's so hard to stay with the priority of anything, right? 
without being interrupted, without being distracted. It's a challenge. And in the spiritual world, too, there's a lot of practices and a lot of people telling you to do this and that. So I guess it comes back to oneself and one's conscience and clarity and priority. Yes, sir. Hi, Lama Surya. Hi. Uh, I wanted to ask you, um, I've been sitting and practicing off and on for about 10 years, and the last couple of years I've discovered Dzogchen and Mahamudra, and I'm feeling a very strong connection to it. Uh, but there's times that I feel like I'm kind of working on my PhD without working on the bachelor's degree. You know, I, I did not, uh, you know, I don't have a traditional Sutriana education, et cetera. So I guess my question is, should I just go with what I'm connecting with and, you know, forget the idea of, of having that other foundation? Perhaps. If you can, yes. But it, that depends on you. I, I can't really tell if you're at the terminal stage or not, you know, <laughs> how much time and energy you have and how many hours of work, week you work, how, much, how many kids you have and grandkids, you know, or other things. So that's kind of up to you. It's like people ask me if they should do a three-year retreat. You know, I don't know. Tell me more. What, why? What are you thinking about? And where? So, do, do you have a teacher or a lineage? Like, what do you connect with? And what do they say? You know, if, I, that, if you have one, like, what's the word? Right. I mean, there? part of the issue is that I really haven't identified a particular teacher um, right. at this point. I've gone in and out. I've sort of done the, you okay. know, the typical kind of smorgasbord. Yeah. So you asked me. So in this moment, I'm in the teacher role. So I say, if you can, that's all you need: the view, meditation, and action. And this is very traditional, and um, what I'm saying. And um, let me go further. In the Dzogchen tradition, although I presented it already, pretty much the whole thing about Tregjud, the main practice, I've said quite a few things about it, really, and introduced the fact that you're, a, you know, your own Buddha nature and all. In general, there are three main practices of Dzogchen. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. Tregchut is the main one, but that's like the second one, if you put them in order, which they don't have to be. The first one is the Nundro of Dzogchen, which is not the hundred thousands and the Vajrayana Nundro. It's called Rushen, subtle discernment, recognizing the difference between thinking, mind, and Rigpa, or Buddha, nature mind. That's the ground, that's the preliminary, that's the foundation, that's the Nundro of Dzogchen. Then there's the main practice of just resting in that, being in that, triggered, and then there's leap over or being there, togel. Those three practices, that's all you need. That's every Dzogchen master would agree. That doesn't mean many Tibetan lamas don't require you to do Vajrayana Nindros, Mahayana attitude transformation, and for that matter, Hinayana um, monastic training and other things, they do. But if you're connected to Mahamudra and Dzogchen, that's all you need. Thank you. And you can read Namkai Norbu Rinpoche's book saying that and other, you know, Dzogchen masters. Um, do some research. Namkai Norbu Rinpoche, he has many books on this subject. He's an old Tibetan master, very learned and accomplished. He's not the only one. My own masters also, I'm just saying. I didn't, this is not just my opinion. But it's a little controversial because, of course, it's a spiritual life. So in spiritual life, we need ethics and discipline and character development and good works and service and, you know, body practices and energy practices and relational practices, not just view, view, view. But that's up to you. If you're a mature individual, if you're a mensch, you already have that in your background. 
You went to Sunday school, you went to Hebrew school, you went to, you learned how to play with others and, well, maybe it took you a while in college. You know, at some point, we don't have to start with all of that. A couple of things have come up that I just want to get that reaffirmation from you. One is the apathy that our Sangha sister was talking about. And it's something that has kind of percolated for me over, you know, many years. That kind of questioning, feeling like, am I being apathetic? You know, am I just not feeling? Am I detached, not non-attached? And when I was with my mother-in-law, people were reacting. Family members react the way they react. I've, ne I've never heard of such a <laughs> out of their, Only in your family that happened. <laughs> their conditioning of whether they're freaking out or ignoring it or, you know, whatever kind of emotional reactivity. Yes, our conditioning is strong. Go on. Yes. And it, my sense was sometimes, because my husband and I were the primary caretakers of my mother-in-law, you know, when, when she had the feeding tube, you know, the whole... Schmear. Schmear, thank you. So my, there was this, my sense was people sometimes looked at me sideways. And kind of the, the mental language in my head was, yeah, they think I'm an alien. You know, like I'm this weird alien, like non-reactive, freaking out, you know, whatever it was at the time. And yet, ultimately, you know, my mother-in-law, I could tell, and my husband, of course, who told me later, um, it really was that sense of non, as you know, much as I am at, in my practice, whatever, non-attachment, groundedness, really Trungpa, who I adore, that real basic sanity. I mean, that's what he's talking about. When, one wild. of the things he's talking about. That's a big subject for him. Yes. Major. Well, that's not the only thing, but obviously yeah. one of the things he's talking about that is that basic sanity that our world and our, our families, our environment are so not, you know, understanding or experience or recognizing that basic sanity that they look at us and they think we're the strange ones or the... We're running out of time here, so let me just retranslate. Yeah. It's like they're not, you know, seeing things the way we would like them to see it. That's not a Buddhistic really, you know, that's not like about Buddhist nomenclature. So people are always looking sideways at us for whatever reason. And, you know, 20 years ago when you came to your first retreat, you were worried about your father, who, the Jewish doctor who was going to disown young you for being a Buddhist meditator. And so 
conditioning is strong and you're still a little bit worried even though you're a mother and a practically a grandmother probably now <laughs> and been practicing all this time. So we just have to wear our kalashas more lightly, that we still care what others think and have doubts about it and wish we could change them and, you know, recognize that. But we have, you know, you can't cover the whole world with leather so it doesn't, the stones don't hurt your feet. You can cover your feet with leather so the stones don't hurt your feet, as Buddha said. So it's a big question, of course, on the first part about apathy, about, you know, whether we're too detached or uncaring or fall into the void, you know, like nihilism, it doesn't matter. But that's why, I, and I always say, Buddha's greatest teaching was the middle way. And I always use that as a touchdown, not all or nothing, not too much or too little. And not, you know, I'm an intense, kind of passionate type, but, um, you know, not everybody's the same. So some people are more, it doesn't all have to be on the razor's edge down the 50 yard stripe. There's a hundred yards for the game to be played. We still want to like fall out of bounds permanently or just be stuck in the end zone or something, you know? So some are more calm and collected or some are more intense up and down. So I, I don't just think you're apathetic, and you, you've been practicing and caring a long time. So I think that, you know, this is just a little vestige of what you, I said before about, you know, minding being looked at sideways, to put, use your words. For whatever reason, fill in the blank. 20 years ago, it was a little different fill in the blank, but it was the same. Your Kalatia was, so was about, you know, his opinion was more important than yours. You had to grow up through that. And so now I'm saying, you know, we all still have our basic conditioning, but let's remember in the Dzogchen point of view, the great Naradakaya, the Kalashas arising in the light of wisdom. Not that we have to get rid of them. That's the long path of many lifetimes. It was just really more just curious. You know what I mean? Like, it was it's just like curious. a curious... And, but then I had to think, well, but you know, and then the questioning, like, People well, are out of control, and minds are out of control. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's a crazy world. It's very curious. I mean, just to jump and end the sentence, we're going to an election year. Just take note, and we all have different opinions. I'm just going to say on this point, just take note of the amount of people or groups of populations who will vote against what you think is their best interest. Take note, because of some sound bite or something that comes down the pike, which, you know, that's the best that they can study on the subject, and then they vote for the person that's going to take away all their social services, or, you know, or whatever. Uh, you know, I want to get into that wormhole. Looking for love in all the wrong places, and they mentioned it last night, as samsara. May we awaken from the sleep, this sleep of ignorance, not knowing, delusion, confusion, etc. And realize enlightenment, basic sanity, discerning awareness, wisdom. What word can encompass it? It's so immense, and yet it's so precise when we see its function. Like with the children, you clearly see that this decision is better than that decision. 
and also how hard it is for them to see it the same way. Just even the children, where you're the adult, theoretically knows better because they've been through it, theoretically. Or not. And I, I'm not a parent. We'll end here and get in trouble. <laughs> Thank you all. Good night. Back to my somnolence. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BeHereNow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BeHereNow.